The Lord Jesus had 12 original disciples, but those men were just the first of many more followers of Christ. They are an example for us to learn from and a reminder that God works in ordinary people. Are you a true follower of Jesus Christ? Let's study the 12 with Scott Pauley today and find truth that will help us all to follow more closely to Christ. Isn't it an amazing thing that the Lord would choose to use man? Frankly, that he would choose to use any man, even the best man, because we're all just weak, weary, wounded people, and yet Jesus makes all the difference. We're studying the 12, the original followers of Jesus Christ, and learning some things uh, that we need to learn about being true followers of the Lord and we started our study in Mark chapter 3. We see these disciples coming to him and communing with him and then getting closer to him. And we've paused just for a moment to examine this inner circle. Their names are Peter, James, and John. They're the three men that our Lord uh, brought nearest to him. And it wasn't that he just liked them better. No, it was that he did a very special work of transformation in them and then through them, was going to use them in unique ways. You see, when God begins to work in a man, it is so he can work through that man. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, It is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The Lord never wastes his work. If he's working on you today, friend, it's because there's some work he wants to do through you. So these three men were the men that he changed their names. Simon, he made him Peter. And James and John, he named Boanerges, the sons of thunder, seeing them as he was going to make them. And why did he change them? Well, he changed them to use them. They were given special opportunity, special responsibilities. You remember Peter will stand on the day of Pentecost and preach. 3,000 souls will be saved. He'll be crucified as well, upside down for his faith in Jesus. And what of James? James will become a pastor, a pastor greatly used to the Lord and also beheaded, martyred for his faith. And John? Well, John will be given the revelation of Jesus Christ, that great climactic book of the New Testament. But he'll be exiled to the Isle of Patmos for that to happen. You see, when the Lord is going to greatly use someone, he always brings them to nothing so that Christ is everything. And that's very significant because if you'll turn over a couple of pages in your Bible to Mark chapter 5, you'll find the first occasion where our Lord takes the inner circle apart from the rest of the disciples by themselves. The setting in Mark chapter number 5 is they're on their way to a house. The man's name is Jairus. His daughter has died. He is trying to get the Lord there. I mean, he's desperate to see something done to heal his daughter. And yet, there are delays along the way. There are things that seem to be impediments to this getting done. And in Mark 5, verse 35, it says, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Isn't that a beautiful expression? Maybe you need that today. Be not afraid, only believe. And then it says in Mark chapter 5, verse 37, And he suffered no man to follow him, 
save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. So this is the first occasion where the Lord takes this inner circle, first instance where he takes this inner circle alone with him somewhere. The Bible says in verse 38, And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, Talithakuma, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. For she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Now, I've just read the story to you for a purpose. I want to ask one question, and it is this. What were the disciples called on to do? You heard in Mark 5, verse 37, that he took Peter, James, and John with him. So they're in the house. They're not just in the house. They're in the room when she's raised from the dead. What did Jesus call on them to do? And the answer is nothing. They say nothing. They're powerless to control the the circumstances. They're not called on to help him perform the miracle in any way. What do they do? Best we can tell, they simply stand in the corner and watch. They listen. They learn. Remember, before you can be an apostle, you have to be a disciple. Before you can be a sent one, you have to be a learner. Before you can be used, you have to be usable. Before you can do something for the Lord, you have to be close to the Lord. I think it is the first great lesson in God's graduate school. Would you like to know what it is? It is that we have nothing, and he is everything. He doesn't need us, but we desperately, desperately need him. This miracle of Christ in Mark 5, like all the miracles of Christ, is a revelation of who he is, of his power, of his enabling, uh, of his his sufficiency, and it's a reminder that we are nothing. John Milton was a man, of course, who's famous in history. He was a man who had a very unhappy marriage, I'm sad to say. His, the early years of his life were very troubled. He went blind. He was poor much of his life. He started getting up early in the morning listening to the Bible. Remember, he's blind. He's listening to the Bible read, and he started writing. He wrote Paradise Lost. He wrote Paradise Regained. It's thrilling to me to see this man who began so unhappy and miserable, ending triumphant. And in one of his poems, John Milton wrote wrote this, God doth not need either man's work or his own gifts. Who best bear his mild yoke, they serve him best. They also serve who only stand and wait. What a description of these disciples in Mark chapter 5. Do you know what God is showing us in Mark 5? The inability of the inner circle. We get this idea that Peter, James, and John were strong, capable men. These are leaders. No, no, these are followers. These are men who cannot, but Christ can. See, God always brings us to stillness before he sets us in motion. He doesn't need our momentum. We need his power. In fact, if you flip one page in your Bible to Mark 
chapter number 6, the very next chapter after this occasion, the Bible says, And he called unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth by two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. Do you see the divine order? They had to see his power, witness his power, before they could become participants of it. Friends, you don't use the power of God. It uses you. It's not for our goals. It's always for his glory. And the Lord will never use us to minister to others and help others in their desperate need and touch a a lost world until we recognize that it's not about us. It is all about Jesus Christ. Peter, James, John, I know everybody respects you and everybody speaks your name, but it's really not about you. They'd be the first to testify this now. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus Christ. And friend, I want to say to you today, it's not about you and I. If it wasn't the 12, if it was Jesus, then it sure must not be us either. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you let the power of Christ rule and reign in you today? Would you let the power of Christ work in and through you today? And remember this, it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. Thank you for joining us today as we looked into God's Word. It is our prayer that you will follow Christ and lead others to Him. Our world is desperate for truth and hope. Scott Pauley has written a new booklet on the need of our nation that addresses what believers can and should be doing at this time. Order your copy now at enjoyingthejourney.org. We'd love to hear from you and look forward to studying with you again next time on Enjoying the Journey.